Welcome back to another After Show. If this is your first time listening to Truth, Lies, Shenanigans, after every live recording, we find ourselves having very intense post-show conversations. So for our subscribers, we decided to leave that record button on so you could listen in. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button, and you'll never miss any of our shenanigans. In our main episode this week, Dr. Robin Johnson sat in for Lizzie, and we talked about passing on black wealth with radio host attorney Ethel Mitchell. We had a fun conversation about the Toronto Zoo with zookeeper Rebecca Clark. And in quickfire, our topics were the continuing Canadian anti-vax protests, Rudy Giuliani on the masked singer, and HBCUs receiving bomb threats. But Robbie Rock had some more to say about the truckers. So in our after show, our discussion focused on that. Take a listen. Sweet. So, so if I can have just one moment, just as I touched on two things, but with this Occupy movement mm-hmm. that's happening, um, so more trucks went to uh, Ottawa today, more or this weekend, uh, some to Toronto. Uh, there was also a convoy of tractors, farmer farming tractors uh, en route to Toronto. Organizers are still stating that they're staying put until all their demands are met. The GoFundMe you know, has been um, shut down, which is awesome. Trudeau and the defense minister say that military intervention is not in the cards at this time because the Canadian military is not a police force. Counter protests are popping up everywhere, as well as the support protests. Several uh, First Nations chiefs and trucker alliances have publicly denounced the protesters and their movement. Um, Ottawa restaurateurs are unable to open because they, it would be an environment that's not conducive to an enjoyable dining experience and that the restaurants will have to stay closed until the protesters leave. And this is when they were supposed to open up a week ago to finally get some money going. Um, A significant element from the United States has been involved in the participation funding organization of Freedom Convoy. And Ottawa's clarified that truckers are are not exempt from the COVID uh, mandates. The Freedom Convoy in Alberta is currently occupying Coots Crossing, which connects, um, shoot, I can't remember the name of the, uh, the state, but basically it's, it's, an, it's a major crossing for, com- for commerce uh, for the two of us. And like I was saying, like if First Nations group had occupied a major commercial crossing, the RCMP would have been there in a heartbeat, maybe even some military presence. It's just, it's such a shameful chapter i really why do you think there isn't the military presence that you would think what is the concern that trudeau or whoever manages I, that i think that ottawa has. was ottawa was unprepared uh they didn't really know what to expect i know yeah. that when the convoy started descending on toronto the support uh convoy the following week um right out of the gate the police were ticketing and towing and getting these vehicles away from major intersections to minimize the disruption but uh, yeah, it's uh, there was even an advisory this weekend prior to the week or just prior to the weekend. The um, Toronto police said, you know, if you work in the health field, don't wear your scrubs to and from work or your commute, wear your civilian clothing because they are afraid that people were going to be targeted by the protesters. Uh, there have been ridiculous threats that have been levied against uh, people that work in the healthcare industry, people who even just abide by the mask mandates. There have been several reports of threats being uttered. And just today, the Ottawa mayor has declared a state of emergency. 
So now this should be the impetus for ramping up a proper response. At least it's moving in the right direction that way, but I'm afraid that it's going to take something tragic before we get an appropriate response. And nobody wants that. And I don't want to see anyone hurt. I want to respect their right to protest, but do it in an organized fashion. There's a difference between protesting and occupying. There's a big difference. And you feel they're being occupied. You're being, that's yes, being occupied. absolutely. At, at this point, it's, it's an occupational force and mm-hmm. the local residents are having to leave just to get some respite. Um, I know in Vancouver, people on bicycles are mm-hmm. standing up to, to just getting in front of the truckers and stopping them, uh, ending these convoys. And these aren't just truckers. When I talk about the convoy, there's a lot of private citizens that are doing um, slow moving convoys with their personal vehicles. I know that there was one in our city um, yesterday, and I don't, uh, I didn't see any pictures about of how big it actually was, but there were no incidents. It was a slow-moving convoy, flying their flags, honking their horns. They did their thing, and then they went home. Okay, you got your message across. You were visible. Wonderful. Thank you for going back home. So, but now it just how do you how do you then okay then the question is how do you end this? I mean, because you you the one one uh, one difference is you have a very supportive president. Not of the truckers, but of you know the vaccine and, and everything like that. So the leader of your country is not supporting this movement uh, like ours was. So I'm curious why there isn't something to kind well, of... I alluded to it. It's, it's systemic racism in the system. It was a bunch of white folks that were getting together to protest. Mm-hmm. Um, if this was groups of natives of, or indigenous yeah. people That's what I'm who saying. were descending on the parliament to protest the pipeline, I think that there would have been a, a stronger or more militarized police presence. Kind of like the same questions that you were asking on January mm-hmm. 6th. Like, yeah. why the fuck aren't they there? Yeah. Well, same, I mean, same thing. I'm just trying to figure out yeah. why. Like, if we look back at January 6th, right? The reason that they didn't have it, and we've had the governor of Maryland say that, you know, hey, we were ready to go. We're ready to send in some troops and help out and all this other stuff. And they were said, we needed to hear from the federal government, the leaders of me or whatever it was, that we could go in and do that. And they weren't getting the word. Or they were saying that, hey, you know, uh, you know, there seemed to be somebody stopping it from happening. I'm curious, what do you think is happening where the, the force that is required to alleviate the problem is not happening? Where is that coming from? Is it other people other than Trudeau? Or I'm just curious, because I, I, I know I was speculating that it was coming from Trump, that that was the yeah. reason we weren't seeing the response that this was uh, planned, which we're finding out in the January 6th thing that that was the case that Trump and his cronies prevented people from responding. I'm curious what do you I, think is happening here. I think that they just weren't prepared for anything like this. They really didn't know how to prepare for it. I think that that's part of the lack of response. Okay. Um, and this was supposed to be a weekend thing, and now it's turned into an occupation. So, you know, bolstering up your police forces for, you know, three to four days to try to contain and control a rowdy element in your area. That's one thing. Now that it's an occupation, I know that even uh, we've sent 25 members of our local police force to help support the policing efforts in Ottawa. So, you know, the rest of Canada is flipping a huge police force bill. Like we're we're about a million dollars a day just to have the police there. So I really was hoping that we would find a legal medium where we could appropriate some of these GoFundMe, um, the GoFundMe funds to 
help pay restitution for damages for the rest of Canada having to pay for this police force. And like mm-hmm. I said, it's the longer it goes, the more it's going to become volatile. Like we're going to develop a powder keg situation. There's going to be a scenario that plays out violently. Jose's online. I think she's explaining it. She says this has nothing to do with Trudeau. It all chimes down to the provincial government. Our mayor is MIA because our provincial government is responsible to address this. Ah, so, okay. Well, I think like you said, if this was a different set of people, though, there would have been the police response to control and contain. So we know that they could have responded. They chose not to respond because they felt they'll just, you know, maybe just disperse or, or whatever. I, we know they could have responded. Like, I don't think it's that they weren't prepared. They were, they were prepared if it was somebody else. Right. But, you know, it's like what we saw, like I said, like January 6th, like there's a bunch of people doing stuff and the police are standing down in a, in a way to allow them to do what they, whatever they want to hoot and holler about. But we know that when the tables were turned, you know, when there was a proposed, you know, BLM march, you know, the, the National Guard was out there in full force and they hadn't even gotten there yet. They hadn't even shown up yet. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think it's just that there is the privilege that some people get that you can act a fool and just sort of be told, OK, now go run along now. And other people, you can abide, be peaceful and yet still have the, you know, the, the long arm of the law with guns at your throat. And you haven't done anything. And you're just trying to exercise your amendment right to free speech. To Dr. Robin's point, is this still a peaceful protest? There have been isolated incidents. Um, There have been threats. There have been some arrests. But uh, overall, there haven't been any major incidents that I am aware of. Oh, Jose says people have been assaulted. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that happens in protests often. But it's still relatively peaceful at this point, right? It is still relatively peaceful, but the Ottawans are getting tired of this occupation force the local residents are getting just tired and fed up we don't agree with the squeaky wheel minority but unfortunately they've got the power of well i mean that they have the power to organize i mean the internet and social media is wonderful that way but we also know that it's a way to subvert somebody else's values and we've definitely seen something like that it's um we're out of time i want to give ellen Final thought on this, though. Um, I mean, you know, DC residents have a, or people living around DC have a such a great picture of how protesters are treated differently based on skin color. Because we had, we had, I mean, I think it was even June sixth, like six, exactly six months before um, the insurrection, were Black where Lives people started protesting. Yeah, Black Lives Matter. And, you know, I had a lot of friends out there and, people, you know, we know what happened. I mean, it was like people, the police were, came in extremely heavy handed. Tear gas and et cetera. Um, yep. Trump holding up the Bible. Like, yeah, it was, so, it was I know, so <laughs> bizarre, ridiculous. right? Yeah. Yeah, so bizarre. And we were seeing exactly six months later, people committing a felony. But yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how quickly this would have been shut down, like Rob said, if it were, you know, native people. Indigenous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. 
I think it's just crazy that they're threatening like health workers or telling health workers, don't wear your scrubs. Like on one hand, this is this, you know, the, the hypocrisy of the situation of on one hand, you want to, you know, lob them. Oh, they're heroes. They're heroes until they are, you know, not doing what you want them to do. You know, like these same people want to holler blue lives matter, but you killed a cop mm-hmm. during January yeah. 6th. So, the thing that confuses me about these people is like, they act like germs don't exist. Like you've never had a cold, you never had the flu, and that somehow COVID is crazy, right? I mean, because why would I want to get sick from a flu? Why would I even want to catch the flu? Why would I want to catch a cold? Why wouldn't a person at least say to themselves, okay, I don't want to get a vaccine because brand new vaccine, whatever, I get you. But why wouldn't you at least do the alternative? Wear a mask. Make sure you have, you know, wash your hands. Use some hand sanitizer. Stay away from people that are sick. Take any sort of precaution. But they just want to do all of the opposite, specifically for coronavirus. <laughs> it doesn't uh-huh. make sense to me. I mean, we're mm-hmm. knocking on we're knocking on a million people dead since this. Yeah, it's started. over nine hundred thousand in in the U.S. alone. You know, it just blows my mind that people like and people say, "Oh, well, it's just the flu." Like, you know, I tried for two years to avoid it and. New Year's, right after New Year's, we came down with it. And, you know, I got sick. One of the kids got sick. Caregiver of my son got sick. And she was in the hospital for like two weeks. And and I don't understand how people could be so callous. Like, it kills me to think that, you know, even though my best, you know, I have to wear, I mean, I have to for my job, have to wear a mask, have to do all these things. I still got sick and then boarded home and made other people who I care about sick. That part kills me. And I don't understand how people can feel so nonchalant and not care about that. Like Mm -hmm. to know that your actions could potentially hurt somebody or kill somebody and you don't care. I don't understand that part. Like I was beside myself to know my daughter's sick, caregiver, my son's caregiver is sick. I didn't mean to bring it home to them. That's the last thing I wanted to do. I just don't understand how people don't care. I just, it just blows me. I agree. Yeah. All right, we've got to cut it off with that. I do appreciate you joining us, Dr. Robin. Ellen, thanks for sticking in there for uh, Diani and Robbie. Great, great conversation with you as always. Tune in the TLS. Yeah, tune in the TLS. Yeah, tune in the TLS.